Welcome to the Pink Lemonade Stand. I'm your host, Heidi Webster. Happy freaking Monday, or whenever you are listening to this episode, I am so glad that you're here with me today to get a little zest in your step. And of course, I have to start off by saying thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, engaging with me. I really do hope you are enjoying this podcast, enjoying this content. And if you do, if there's an episode that you like, Share it with a friend, send it out, text it out to all your pals and hit that subscribe button. It will ensure every week on Monday morning that you get those episodes straight to your phone and leave a review, leave five stars. It makes such a huge difference for any podcast that you listen to. I know that if you are a podcast listener, you are going to hear this all the time from everybody. And we really do appreciate your feedback so much. So if you go leave a review, please do. I want to hear from you. And remember to RRS, rate, review, and subscribe. Today's sponsor is Hydrojug. You all need to get your hands on this water bottle. This durable and reusable water bottle holds more than a half gallon of water, so you are going to stay hydrated all day long. And if you are like me and have trouble staying hydrated, this is the perfect thing for you. It's got a wide mouth opening, so you can put ice in it, you can put mix-ins, you can put fruit. It has an integrated handle, and it's dishwasher safe and shatterproof. But there's also so many different styles. So there is like the OG, classic hydro jug, but they also have a stainless steel version. And I took the glass version as well on my hiking trip and kept it in the car to refill my um, camelbacks while I was hiking. It was so handy. And they actually have so many different styles and colors to choose from. And every month they have a special edition sleeve. So you can check out their new and latest releases on their Instagram at hydrojug. And it's basically like a water bottle purse. You can put the little cover, the little sleeve on it. You can put your keys in it. You can put your phone in it and just carry it around with its adjustable strap. It is so cute. It's so easy. And you want to know what? Carrying around a water bottle is fashionable. It is because hydration is in. Being dehydrated is out, okay? You heard it here first. So head over to thehydrojug.com and use the discount code PLS to get 10% off your order. So that's PLS at www.thehydrojug.com to get 10% off your order today. Okay, go do it. It's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. This week's sponsor is Pinky Swear & Co., my favorite boutique candle company. If you have been listening to the Pink Lemonade Stand this summer, you know that we have done an amazing collaboration with Pinky Swear with our Pink Lemonade Stand candle. And if you are new to the podcast, guess what? We have an amazing collaboration with Pinky Swear & Co. Get yourself this Pink Lemonade Stand candle. 
It is gorgeous. It is delicious. It is delightful. It is zesty. It is everything you've ever dreamed of in a sweet, citrusy summer candle. The Pink Lemonade Stand Candle is pure, nostalgic, summertime perfection, blending invigorating lemon zest and ripe tangerine with juicy mixed berries and quenching watermelon for that sweet, refreshing, good vibes feeling. This is a limited a dish candle, so get your hands on one before it's gone. I think there's one month left to get this candle. We could not be more honored than to be doing this collab. I want to tell you a little bit about Pinky Swear & Co. They produce amongst the cleanest, long-lasting candles on the market. Their hand-poured small-batch candles contain a natural, sustainably-sourced coconut soy wax and paraben-free with pure essential oil blends. And for every candle sold, they donate $1 to a featured charity. The packaging is so beautiful. You can reuse the jar when you're done. And guess what? We have a discount code for you. Excuse me? Use code PLS15 to get 15% off your very own pink lemonade stand candle. Get more than one. I also have the Magic Hour, which is so delish. So get yourself a couple. You'll get free shipping. Go to pinkyswearandco.com and use code PLS15. Get 15% off your order. Okay, citrus got real. Go do it. It's easy peasy lemon squeezy. I have got a great good news story for you today to give us all the good feels. So it's time for the sweetest thing. Seven-year-old Messiah is a hero after rescuing a drowning three-year-old all on his own. I just love to hear about a little hero, so please know that as I'm telling you this story, it ends well. It could be a trigger warning for some people involving a potential drowning. So a seven-year-old from Sacramento was the unlikely savior of a three-year-old toddler who would have certainly drowned without any help. So last week, seven-year-old Messiah Brown went down to enjoy the pool at the apartment complex where he lives when he noticed something out of the ordinary. He said, I was just playing in the pool and then I saw a boy at the bottom of the pool. Messiah, a second grade student, told Good Morning America. So I went to go get him. He swam down into six feet of water. He grabbed the arm of the three-year-old toddler uh, and pulled him to the surface. And then Savannah, a nine-year-old relative of Messiah, helped him get the three-year-old to safety. Um, adults who had caught wind of what was happening called 911 and raced to get help. According to ABC, Savannah's mom performed CPR on the child who was then helped to breathe again by the same fire and rescue team when they arrived. The child was transported in critical condition with advanced life support efforts provided by Sacramento firefighters, a spokesperson for the Sacramento Fire Department said. Okay, so Messiah's father's name is Marcus, and he is an Olympic boxer who represented the United States in 2012 in the London Olympics. He said that his son is definitely a fish and he loves the water, but it didn't surprise him at all to hear that he had been a hero that day. He said 
He's super empathetic. So for him to do something like that, I mean, it's really nothing out of the norm. It's just crazy that he's seven years old and doing something like that. Wow. Messiah Brown, we are thrilled to hear that you had your intuitive sensors up and you were able to handle the crisis. If any of you have good news stories that you want to share, we would love to hear them. We know that there are so many good things happening out there and we want to highlight those beautiful zesty stories. So email me at the PLS podcast at gmail.com and send me your sweetest things. And now it's time for the main squeeze. Today we are talking about sadness. I know that sounds very counterintuitive for a podcast that's really based around positivity, but actually the theme of Lemons to Lemonade is very much combining the opposition in all things. How do we take hard things and make them into something triumphant or sweet like lemonade? (laughs) But sadness is, is an emotion that we all experience. So I wanted to pose the question today, why do we need sadness? And answer that question here with you. Why does the emotion and feeling of sadness and sorrow exist? Now, I know that these two emotions are not the same, sadness and sorrow, but I'm going to use them interchangeably today because they do share some overlap. I think in our culture, we instinctively try to avoid this feeling and shove it down. And I know personally, I do have a hesitation to share this feeling with others when I am experiencing it. There's like this feeling that you don't want to burden other people. It's vulnerable. It really is to share this feeling. I've always been a natural optimist. I was just, it was kind of just, I was just born that way. But for most of my life, especially in my 20s, I developed a habit where I would not let myself acknowledge when I was sad or mad or any other emotion than just happy. I kept it buried deep down inside and I wouldn't let anyone know, not even myself. So I think there was definitely a period of my life where you could have labeled it as toxic positivity. If I was experiencing sadness, I wasn't even letting myself know about it. I was really trying to hide it. And I do remember at some point having an emotional breakdown and I sought out a therapist and this was when I was around 26. And she talked to me about the importance of emotions and how they were not positive or negative not good or bad, but just a part of the human experience. And I had put such a label on those emotions that I knew that I didn't want to feel them. And I think I had been shaming myself for feeling them. I know I'm not the only one that has experienced this. If we think about our culture and the way we have treated sadness, as adults, we tend to tell children to stop crying or wipe away the tears. Don't be sad. You're fine. Cheer up. Though not always intentional, we are passing on a message that sadness is bad. Sadness is also often mistakenly confused with depression. And unlike depression, sadness is a natural part of life and is usually connected with certain experiences. Depression, on the other hand, can arise without a clear explanation or can result from an unhealthy, non-adaptive reaction to a painful event where we either steel ourselves against our natural reaction to the event or get overwhelmed by it. Sadness 
is a live emotion that can serve to remind us of what matters to us and what gives our life meaning. And I really want to dig into this today. I have this new love for Susan Cain. She is an author and a researcher. And in a TED Talk given by Susan Cain in 2019, she talks about this idea that we are actually drawn to art that connects to the parts of us that feel sadness or have experienced hurt, sorrow, and longing. And she asks the questions, why do we love and listen to sad songs and find them uplifting? I thought that was such an amazing question. And what is it in our culture that drives us to pull away from sorrow, longing, and sadness? Susan Cain's research found that people love to listen to happy songs and will play them about 175 times on average, but they will play the sad songs 800 times on average. And in this same study, the people tell researchers that they associate sad music with beauty, wonder, and transcendence, which are sublime emotions. So we have a paradox of tragedy. Why do we welcome sorrow when we also will do anything to avoid it? Susan Cain based this TED Talk off of her national best-selling book, Bittersweet, which I am a huge fan of this book. I listened to the audiobook. And I will tag the link to this book in the show notes. I highly recommend you reading it. It is incredibly insightful on the human experience. Bittersweet is based on the premise that light and dark, birth and death, bitter and sweet are forever paired. So this is, a you know, it leans into something that we all have heard and known that there are opposition in all things. In the first chapter of the book, Bittersweet, written by Susan Cain, she asked the question, what is sadness good for? She quotes Naomi Shehibnai from a poem written in 1952 titled Kindness. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. In the first chapter of this book, Susan tells the story about the making of the beloved Pixar movie Inside Out. If you haven't seen this movie, go watch it right now. It is literal education on emotions. And it is a wonderful way to educate children and adults on why we have emotions and how they play a function in our lives. In 2010, the celebrated Pixar director, Pete Docter, decided to make a film about the emotions of a young girl named Riley. But he faced a big challenge and a puzzle by using emotions as animated characters that were running her brain and shaping her memories. So as he began to shape this story, he had to pick an emotion to be the starring role. And he decided to place fear as the center of the movie alongside joy. And he did consider sadness, but that seemed unappealing. She goes on to say that three years into the development of the film, he realized that something was wrong. He felt like the film was a failure and in the big climax of the third act where Joy is supposed to have this big learning lesson and epiphany, he felt that fear as the character was just falling flat in the storyline. Peter Doctor then realized with a big idea that the real reason for our emotions was to connect us and sadness was the ultimate bonding agent. 
He had to go back to the executives and convince them that sadness should be the star of the movie where fear was once the main point. He thought that maybe the the executives would find sadness to be too dark and glum. So Doctor decided to bring a good friend of his, Dr. Keltner, from the University of California, a psychology professor, to come in and discuss the science of emotions with the executives. He goes on to say that fear keeps you safe. Anger protects you from getting taken advantage of. But sadness, what does sadness do? Sadness triggers compassion and brings people together. And it helps you see how much your community means to you. The executives approved the idea and the film went on to win the Oscar for the best animated feature and was the highest grossing film in Pixar history with sadness in the starring role. You can check out that story in the book Bittersweet, along with many more chapters that go on to describe why sadness and longing are such an important part of the human experience. Another really educational and amazing book that just was released, I think last year, uh, by Brene Brown is called Atlas of the Heart. In chapter six, Brene Brown describes and distinguishes in detail the difference and underlying reasons for grief, despair, hopelessness, anguish, and sadness. Brene Brown is the great researcher of emotion. So she put out um, a survey asking, what is your favorite sad movie? And she said that they got 100,000 enthusiastic responses. Here are some of the films that were mentioned the most frequent of all. Life is Beautiful, Beaches, The Joy Luck Club, Steel Magnolias, Brokeback Mountain, Inside Out, The Color Purple, P.S. I Love You, Up, and every movie ever made where a dog dies. (laughs) Obviously. Brene says, I'm not going to say sadness is wonderful and we need it. I'm going to say that sadness is important and we need it. Feeling sad is a normal response to loss or defeat. To be human is to know sadness. Owning our sadness is courageous and a necessary step to finding ourselves and each other. She goes on to say that there are four important things that we should know about sadness. Number one, sadness and depression are not the same thing. As I mentioned earlier, depression is a cluster of symptoms that gather over a period of time. Number two, sadness and grief are not the same thing. Sadness is just one part of grief, and grief involves a bunch of emotions and and experiences. Number three, there are positive aspects of sadness, which is, to me, this is the most important part. When you experience sadness, you are more sensitive to emotions and understanding the need for them. You can also have an increased sense of empathy. And number four, she says, why do we love sad movies? How can a negative emotion such as sadness go together with pleasure? This is the same exact research that Susan Cain did about sad songs. We like to be moved and feel connected to what it means to be human, to be reminded of being connected to one another. Brene Brown says, sadness moves the individual us to a collective us. And there's a sequential experience here with sadness. Sadness leads us to feeling moved, which leads to feeling enjoyment, the emotional state of being moved. Wow. 
I would have never thought to connect sadness to feeling enjoyment. But when you think about it in that order, it really is powerful. And that really does hit me when I think of why we listen to sad songs, why we read sad books, why we watch sad movies, because it it connects us to something that's a part of us. To learn more about each of the different emotions through research and description, I highly recommend reading or listening to Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. If you are a human being and you want to learn more about yourself and have a vocabulary to describe what you feel, this is an excellent education. So what are some of the ways we can use sadness as a tool in our lives and recognize the power that it has to teach us? Can we reframe sadness as a negative emotion and look at it as just an emotion and then see what message it has for us today? And can we learn to lean into how we grow from it? So these are the questions I'm asking myself today. The most important part of what sadness can do for us is, drumroll, connection. We are all here for the human experience, whether you like it or not. (laughs) You are here, you are human, and you're having an experience. So we are not alone on this earth. And although we'd like to coast through earth school without any hiccups or bumps or bruises, that's just not part of the deal. Because we all experience difficult times, which leads to sadness, we are longing for connection. This is why we look to movies, books, and music that emanate that feeling that we internally connect with. It exists in all of us, and we are looking to feel connected to something that is relatable. We long to have a hand to hold our hand, an empathetic tear to be shed, a long hug, or an active listening ear to sit with us when times are difficult. Susan Cain, in her book, Bittersweet, says, It's an authentic and elevating response to the problem of being alive in a deeply flawed yet stubbornly beautiful world. If we could honor sadness a little more, maybe we could see it rather than an enforced smile and righteous outrage as a bridge we need to connect with each other. We need sorrow, sadness, longing, and all of these seemingly dark feelings amongst also experiencing joy, love, and elation. Oddly enough, as I was preparing this topic and listening to Susan Cain and Brene Brown talk about sadness, I took a quick break to check my work email. In that moment, I saw an email come in that I had been waiting for about a proposal that I had made for a new work project. It's a project that I have poured my heart and my soul into and probably put too many, if not all my eggs in that basket. When I saw the email and read its contents, I realized that it was a rejection to my proposal. I had a flood of emotion run through my body and my heart was pounding and my breathing got heavy. And then I just immediately felt tears flood my eyes and stream down my face, which is something that doesn't happen that often for me instantly like that. I usually take a second to process before tears come, but they came like a dam that had been knocked down from the center And in my flurry of tears, I found the strength to pick up my phone and text my neighbor, Molly. We had just finished earlier hiking, hike therapy, as I've called it on previous episodes. And I knew that she was not only still around, but also a great listening ear. I frantically text her what had happened and shared a very long paragraph with her describing my intense sadness in that moment. And it was literally not even one second that that I had sent that text to her, literally one second, I hear a knock at my back door. 
It actually happened so fast that I wondered if it maybe was the apartment building handyman and I had forgotten if he was supposed to come over and fix something. (laughs) I was quiet. I looked around when I heard the knock and I was like, did I just hear a knock? When I opened the door with my face red and eyes still wet, I see Molly standing there and no words were spoken. She just came in and put her arms around me and gave me a huge hug. I began crying more than I even let myself cry when I was alone. The humanness that connects us all is the most powerful part of the human experience. If we only had high highs and happy moments and dancey dance songs to bond over, then our experience is totally limited. Relationships can grow so much deeper with emotions like sadness to relate over and sit in together. And I was so grateful in that moment that I had a human connection to help me sit in the experience and know that I wasn't alone. And that to me is the purpose of being on this planet. At the end of Susan Cain's TED Talk, she says something really profound. The place you suffer is the same place that you care desperately It's the same place you want to ease someone's pain whenever you can. It's the same place you vibrate in the beauty of this world. So when it comes, let it pass through us and see what it has to tell us. Let's remember why we need sadness. And now I have saved the zest for last where I'm going to talk to you about something I am obsessed with this week. I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite apps that I love to use when I like to get outside and go for a hike. Now, this is not something new, but I have recently been using this more than ever before. And I just wanted to share it with you in case you also love to get outside and you like to hike. So this app is called All Trails. I'm going to link it in the episode notes. But no matter where you go and where you find yourself, you can open this app and it's going to tell you the top trails to hike nearby you. And you can hike, you can also find other activities like mountain biking, backpacking, walking, off-roading, camping, bird watching, like the list goes on and on. So it's not just for hiking, but you can type in the difficulty level, easy, moderate, difficult, how many miles. It describes the trails in detail. It gives you a map on where to find the trailhead. And it's also a peer app. So there are tons of reviews under every single hike where you can look and see that somebody just hiked it yesterday and they happen to say that it's totally overgrown. It was too hot. Start early in the morning or just tips from their personal hikes. So This app is amazing. I highly, highly recommend no matter where you are to just open it up and see if you want to like take a cool walk in a new city that you are in, or maybe you have been meaning to get outside and try some stuff around you in your area, but you didn't know where to start. So this is the perfect thing. It's called All Trails, and I will link it in the episode notes. So get your booty outside and go for a walk and just, you know, see nature. Why not? Don't forget to pick up your PLS candle from pinkyswearandco.com. Use code PLS to get 15% off that juicy and delicious candle. And that's our episode today. Thank you so much for stopping by the Pink Lemonade Stand. I'll be here every Monday morning. I would love it if you would squeeze that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and follow along on Instagram at the PLS Podcast for some more sweet treats throughout the week. Now, when you're feeling like an old bitter rind, remind yourself you are a gorgeous. 
delightful and fabulous glass of pink lemonade. Oh yeah, and don't forget, you better go out there and squeeze the day. Bye. Pink, 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 pink lemonade. lemonade. Stay.